This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. everybody and welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we got a really fun episode today because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite shows that has come in the last few years a show that has no business being this damn good based on one of our beloved iconic cult classic films and yes we're going to talk Cobra Kai season four today on our talk topic of the week. So I am looking very forward to that because I'm telling you now, I binged that whole entire season in one day and I did that was not intended. So if that gives you any idea of what I think going on ahead, but we got a lot more details to talk about and what I thought about this season's uh, show and the stories that go with it, the new additions that came along with it. We got a lot to talk about here, the ins and outs and everything. So stay tuned for that in the top of our show. Uh, we're going to unfortunately start off with some really sad news going on again. Like 2022 is off to a really rocky, rough start for a lot of people, uh, you know, whether it is like based on the entertainment world or in your personal lives, it's just really been really been a rough start. I mean, Rocky Road, and hopefully it'll get better as the year goes by. This is only the 10th of January. Um, yes, if you're listening to this, I did this a day later than I normally did. Like I said, Rocky rough start. Things got teetered over, but we'll get back into the swing of things as time goes by. But I'm glad that you all are here. I'm glad that I could be the voice of your fandom for the next hour or so. So sit back, relax, and let's get it started. And with that said, let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. 
All right, so to start off, uh, I originally thought I was just going to be reporting on one uh, bit of sad news. And in fact, it's going to be two. Uh, if you guys remember last week, we actually lost uh, Betty White, uh, you know, just a few days shy from her 100th birthday. And which was sad in that respect, but also we're celebrating the life and legacy of her. And she's done a hell of a lot in her career. And so does this next person I'm going to be talking about. Uh, we lost absolute legend pioneer icon and not only hollywood but you know also african-american you know hollywood as well um sydney poitier like if you talk about the pinnacle of black actors you don't get any higher than sydney poitier he is the pinnacle of black actors that led to all other actors today not just male but females as well but we would not have a denzel washington we would not have a Mahershala Ali, a Idris Alba, a Regina King, uh, you know, Taraji P. Henson. I mean, you name it, just a lot of it stemmed to him. He is like the one that really put it out there and made it. Um, recognized as the first black actor to be nominated and to win an Oscar. Uh, known for such starring roles as the original in The Heat of the Night. Now, I say the original because a lot of people in later generations remember in the heat of the night based on a series um which also you know fun fact starred one of my favorite guests uh jeffrey thorne he played in that series for a lot of years in that series but the original in heated night was a movie that starred sydney potier in there in a really commanding role that he played in there and um he's also played in a really game-changing film called guess who's coming for dinner you know it was a very interesting film for its time uh lily's in the field and my personal favorite to serve with love um let me tell you during my high school years and i i had a so a really rough high school years like i went to four different high schools in all four years of my term just to make sure that i didn't get my ass in trouble I did get my ass in trouble for most of the half. And then the other half, it was like, it was redemption time. I need to get myself together. I had to realize my power and my value. And I got through it. And I think in my last year, I did a book report on the movie. Or actually, not the movie, but the book to serve love. And then shortly afterwards, I saw the movie that uh, starring uh, starring Sidney Poitier. He plays a teacher that is trying to he's he's trying to uh teach a bunch of misfits and i can relate totally to this movie because for one thing i was one of those misfits in in the, in the classroom causing trouble and you know basically not even just causing trouble but trying to get attention trying to you know get people to hear me and a lot of times when kids go through that they lash out in so many ways especially if they got trouble at home if they have you know their upbringing is not you know traditional as the as what it's supposed to be I believe this was based in the uk too so he was a teacher in that region and then also he was a teacher that just really gave a damn and i had teachers like that in particular shout out to my um one of my favorites of all time fred horton he was my english teacher uh you know we've worked together on um other clientele type of situations too and he was the groomsman of my wedding uh deservingly so because he helped me get to that point in my life and that 
I had to write a book report and, you know, talk about my feelings about this movie because it was so dope. And I still highly recommend people to I'm surprised that this movie has not been remade yet. Like it's it's such a masterpiece of a movie that I don't think people have even thought about it or even tried. But I don't think you can replicate what Sidney Poitier had to do. In it. And I'm pretty sure somebody would and could. Um, but it'd be very interesting to see them try to remake this movie. You know, it, it would be very interesting or even make a series out of it because it I think it's still even though it's been it was around like way back and I think it was the 60s or something like that. The subject matter is still very relevant because we still have kids. We still had troubled youths out there, you know, try, who really want to make it in school, who really want to achieve, who really want to be acknowledged, who really want to have value. But there's not enough people out there showing that support. And when you got teachers like that, that are going above and beyond, you got to commend them. And this this movie is still relevant to this day. So and Sidney Poitier's performance in there was just it was it was awesome. So um, it very interestingly. So Poitier um, died on January 6th. Yes, that January 6th significance of this day keeps adding on. Of course, we all know there was we, um, this day is now shared by the anniversary of the insurrection in Washington. But also, for those who don't know, especially for those who don't understand black history or have are not aware of black history, this day, January 6th is also the birthday of Mammy Till Mobley, who is the mother of Emmett Till, who was murdered at the age of 14 by a group of racists after he made a pass at a white woman in 1944. And that's what he got for that. And the most inhumane and grotesque and, and, and gratuitous way possible. And now we add the passing of one of the greatest actors of all time. Not, I mean, not just for being one of the greatest actors of all time, but he embellished what an actor was once and I, there's not anybody like him again like i know people doug uh clark gable back then like that but like black people he was the clark gable of our generation you know and people re extremely respected him and he was a class act above and beyond everywhere he went just an elegant uh gentleman at all times um if you watch tmz you've seen footage of people you know, getting the chance to meet him in it at all. And like, these are like movie stars, Sandra Bullock. There's footage of Sandra Bullock uh, introducing herself to Sidney Poitier and she is at awe of his presence. And it was just an amazing sight to see. Like she, it was like for that moment, it is not Sandra Bullock. This is a legit fan fanning out and geeking out and at all and amazed over somebody that she has admired for years. That's like when I got a chance to meet Stan Lee. Okay, that is it's it's that type of feeling. That that ominous Pope like feeling. Cause I, I keep telling people when I when I got a chance to meet and see Stan Lee and he's like just literally right in front of me. I felt like how people felt when they met the Pope. And that's why I always call Stan Lee the comic book Pope. Because you get this aura around him and i guarantee you that's exactly the feeling that people got when they you know got um when they got to meet 
him. So it, it's it's a it's an amazing loss. But he was 94, and by God, the the career this man has, the legacy that he's left behind, and the the impact that he has brought into the industry and the country will not be uh, forgotten. Like I said, without him, we would not have the established actors that we have today. And it, uh, in terms of African-American talent. And we owe him a big grat- uh, 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 gratitude for that. So to that, I say my thoughts, hearts and prayers to the family and friends. But we celebrate the life of Sidney Poitier. May he rest in power in paradise. So. All right, folks. In other news, season three of The Boys has a release date. It is coming June 8th. The season will premiere with three episodes. This is a new thing. This is a thing everybody's doing now. It's like, it's rather you get like two or three first episodes and then everything goes on from there. And I'm looking forward to this because each episode is about an hour. So that's three hours of really enjoying this awesome show. And there will be, there are about eight episodes this year, um, this season. And the other five will premiere every Friday afterwards. So they're giving us a huge taste of this show. And it, and, Thank you, because this show is just nothing but awesome. So if I remember correctly, we last saw the crew and I'm saying the crew, the boys battle against Homelander and the newest member of the seven Stormfront, who was just insane. Um, And we learned that she has a past that reveals that she has been around since World War Two and that she is a Nazi. Okay, which like it, it answered a lot of questions as to why she did what she did throughout the entire season. Stormfront's racist and manipulative ways uh, has since turned Homelander into a dysfunctional leader of the seven and becoming abusive with his power and had a lot of people turn against him at this point. Uh, So we also learned that Supernatural star Jensen uh, Ackles will be debuting as the character Soldier Boy, who is a character that takes shades of Captain America, but probably... Oh, probably just the patriotic side, but not the moral and ethical side. I guarantee this dude's probably going to be as crazy as the rest of the seven in this case. So uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they're going with this, but it's coming June 8th. I'm looking very forward to it. It's one of my favorite shows. It's one of the reasons why Amazon video has really stepped up, like getting this show and the, the, the show is just really it's fantastic. Like, I think it's a very action packed version, like version of like Watchmen, but it's just really, it's, it's just really in your face <laughs> with it all. So I love, absolutely love it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I think the last thing I want to talk about before we go on to their talk topics, not much, too much going on this week. Again, it's just January. So things are getting rolling, but we're going to talk some gaming news real quick because uh, this didn't make it to the select star video game podcast, but this is Talk Time Live, the Prime Show, and it's like whatever. It's whatever, all things anime, comics, movies, and games. So we're going to talk a little games in this. I got to get my thoughts about the talks that Sony has in regarding in regards to the new PSVR 2. During Sony's CES, CES 2022 press conference, they the company gave some detail about their upcoming VR 2 headset. For, please bear with me for a sec because the, the more I keep talking about this, the more kind of upset I'm getting. So give me a sec, bear with me. So while 
they didn't discuss subjects leading to uh, pricing and release dates. They did share some spec, some info on specs uh, that will supersede the first set. So, and here we go. So I got the information um, a courtesy of IGN who created this graph uh showing everything that they compare and contrast between not only just the ps uh vr the first one but also the oculus quest to the Valve index um a hardware that they have so uh the psvr 2 will display oled uh it will also uh, have a screen refresh rate of up to 120 hertz which is the same as the original vr and both of them are the same the pixel per eye for this one is upped to compared to the other one. The, um, the PSVR is 960 by 1080 per eye. This one is upped a bit from 2000 to 2040 uh, per eye. So it, you know, the resolution, it will be changed and that's good. Tracking, this is a new thing. Uh, this is a new thing for this, uh, I believe inside out tracking, uh, four times built in cameras in there. Whereas the other ones had uh, PS camera LEDs and uh, accelerometers and gyroscopes involved with it. So this is supposed to be an upgrade to enhance the experience for it. Um, the eye tracking, that's something that none of the headsets prior to this will have. Eye tracking, which is going to be an interesting thing. This is one of those cool, innovative things that um, PlayStation do. It's like with the dual sense and they create this you know, this, this, these gripping, uh, experiences with the dual sense controller and all this stuff. This is kind of going in that same sense to give, to really immerse you into the experience. To me, it scares me. All I keep thinking is sword art online. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Field of view, uh, will be probably, will be, uh, said to be about a, a 110 degrees approximately. Not as it's stronger than the PSVR, but not as strong as the Valve index uh so what it says um audio you will have headphone jacks just like the uh, original uh whereas the oculus has built-in speakers and headset jack and valve index has built-in adjustable off-air speakers as well uh yes it'll still be corded again as the other one uh the oculus is optional and every everything else is uh corded so Additional hardware required? Yes, you will need the PS5 in order to play with this. Uh, whereas the PS VR needed the PS4 or PS5 with adapter and a PS ca uh, camera along with it. Uh, so you have that. This one just looks like you just need the PS5, so you don't need any extra accessories for it. The controllers, you do need the Sense controllers times two, which means I think you need two Sense controllers, which, okay. Uh, DualShock and PS Move times two, which means you need two of those in order to make this work. Um, Oculus touch times two, uh, the, you need two. So, uh, each one of these, you need controller. So I guess this means like, I just brought another dual sense controller a while back. If I wanted to get this thing, then I would just need both of those in order to work one for one and the other. So I guess that's the thing, at least until they probably make a new move, uh, controller for the PS five or whatever, or the PSVR two. So here's my thoughts on this. When it comes to whether this is going to be successful or whether they're going to be able to make this successful, I had zero faith in this. And as much as I am a fan of Sony and PlayStation's legacy, I recognize their biggest flaw is advertising and promoting. I am going to um, really need Sony 
to stop making these side PS projects that and never living up to the expectations. It's the same process every time. Stop me if you witnessed this or heard this before. One, Sony premieres a new gaming system aside from their main system. An example, a handheld or VR unit. Two, they do a soft promotion for the uh, console or game system with a promise with a promising library of games, which they do. If I I owned a PSP and not, not only just a PSP, about like two PSPs, no, the PSP, uh, the thinner PSP, and did a PSP Go. I also owned two versions of the PS Vita, which I still own right now. Their library is awesome. They had some really great games come out for this system. The problem was they stopped advertising for these games. And I'm like, I didn't understand why. Because here you have PSP during that generation and you had the PS Vita during this generation. And it, 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 it rivaling that of Nintendo in any Game Boy Advance, any Game Boy, any it, three, uh, DS or 3DS that they came out with at the time. Nintendo had no reason beating PlayStation because PlayStation's portables and handhelds had more power to it. There were more graphic power to it. There was more uh, processing power to these things. The fact that you could play a PlayStation 2 in a PlayStation 3 quality game and these handhelds against what Nintendo was doing was coming out with games that graphically didn't uh, didn't own up or fair, but in terms of experience was awesome. Either way, they should not have won, in my opinion. Nintendo should not have won that battle or any of those battles. The reason why they won those battles is because plain and simple, Nintendo fully supported the abilities of those systems and kept advertising. They do it all the time. They even doing it with the Switch. I don't think they did it as much with the Wii U for some reason, but they fully promote and advertise this. You just look what they're doing with the Switch right now in terms of advertising and promotion. They got celebrities now, uh, you know, doing commercials for these things, showing that, the, you know, the Switch is the deal. I just seen one with Jessica Alba, Christina Aguilera, um, a horde of other people too are just like doing commercials. Neil Patrick Harris, um, which is a absolute brilliant, brilliant concept to do. What is Sony doing right now? The PSVR has been out for so long. I have not seen, but hair nor hide of an advertisement about the games that they have and the products. You'll see soft promotions, very soft promotions, like as light as a feather, but you don't, they don't really support that system and they didn't support the PS Vita and they didn't support the PSP. And every single time it upsets me and this pattern is just ridiculous. It is always happened. I don't know what they can do, but just keep advertising the damn thing. It's simple as that you, I see commercials. And I tell my clients all this all the time because, you know, I do, you know, multimedia development and content creation and helping with promotions and all this stuff. And I keep telling people, if you got the means to advertise, advertise consistently, you put out ads, put out commercials, 
let the world keep seeing you. And I, there are a lot of times that some people listen and it works for them because you're getting yourself seen most a lot of times. Other times you have people who are in, trying to do business or trying to create their business and brand. The problem is, is that they're too afraid saying like, I don't want to annoy people. I'm like, no, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to keep imprinting your product, your brand into people's head. How many times do you see McDonald's commercials? How many times do you see, um, you know, that there's a commercial that plays this really catchy song and they, it, I think it's for a hotel resort or something like that. And it's these little keychains that like these animated keychains or something like that, that are just flying around and this really awesome energetic song that keeps kicking in. And it's, it's like, it's an awesome song. I hear it every other few episodes like every commercial break that i watch tv or every two um commercials that come on it replays it loops like they they put a lot of money into making sure that this imprints in our head that we want to go to this place and it's not subliminal it's just repetition and that repetition eventually does work that is literally what they do in advertisement and promotion the more you see it the more you want to be it or be a part of it that's pretty much what they do that's that you know why this is why you see all these ads on social media and all this stuff it's just a constant thing so i'm it just surprises me that sony does not do that for these third-party projects that they're doing and it's upsetting because i know you know you guys a lot of you guys are, are playstation owners you've been playstation owners for years you know how awesome Sony products is, you know how awesome the PlayStation is, whether it be one or five, you know exactly what they can bring to the table. So why not support the VR, the Vita, the PSPs and all that stuff? It's just crazy. And the worst part about it all is that it's not the fault of the game systems and their ability to produce, but the decision making of Sony who fails to promote it especially when you compare it to Nintendo, uh, to how Nintendo promotes. So I just don't see how they will make this a great seller, especially the fact that it's VR too. And that's, a, that's been another situation that's been going on forever is that VR is still not really the best form of entertainment in terms of gaming right now, or it ever been. And I don't know, possibly a lot of it is because that hardware, they, as long as VR has been out for a very long time and the technology has not changed or evolved at all. Um, we still got to wear these clunky headsets and headgear. And then you got to walk and then you're walking around looking stupid and it kind of wears you out after a while. So I, I got a, I got a friend of mine who brought a uh, VR gargles and see this is the thing. This is, here's the thing. The funny part about it is that I know he's not that avid of a gamer. And I have a feeling that he brought this just for the simple fact that he could buy it. It was kind of, it's kind of a pretentious buy in a sense. And I knew for a fact that when he said, when he talked about it and he was asking about like, does anybody have it or why does anybody, I'm like, you're not a real gamer because a real gamer is not going to be all into this VR stuff. A real gamer is like, I'm not, first of all, you look like a absolute dork in these things and you're moving around like a dork. There's, um, I'm in a Peloton group and on Peloton, somebody actually posted a video of her wearing VR uh, gargles and she's just moving her hands around, flailing around everywhere as she's trying to play this game. But 
she does look she looks crazy and dorky on the outside but at the same time i loved it because she was moving to the same rhythm as um gloria stefan's uh shake your body or do the conga and it was exactly like they're like i told her i'm like you know if i if you would have put gloria stefan's do the uh con uh con um the congo or the tank it's the congo um on there you would have matched up immediately so <laughs> um or tango it is tango isn't it i'll i'll figure it out you guys tell me but nonetheless it, it's just like one of those things that like it never it's never i don't think it's really unless they change the way the technology uh looks and the design of it maybe make it a little bit lighter maybe you know make it a little bit more compact it may work but even still the idea of just virtually getting into these things and the whole first person thing it, it's just it's a little bit too much and i think it's a little too much for a lot of people as well that's why it hasn't it hasn't caught on yet it, it's just it's just too much and take note my friend is not even playing i he's not even playing that damn gargles he's not those those vr gargles aren't even like it was a hot thing for a minute and then it's a throwaway it just there's just none so and then where's the game selections for these things at so there's a lot of i think there's more cons than pros and just the pr i'm not the pr the vr you know aspect of gaming period but even more regardless playstation just chill man like if you're not going to push these things and then i did hear some little talk about them trying to go get back into the handheld it's the fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me and i'm i'm a little bit afraid to go in on another playstation handheld again not because it's not going to be good I'm, i guarantee you it's going to be awesome but how much will they support that system you know i i, I just I, I come on you didn't make the other two feel like they were worthy of us getting it regardless of the absolute awesome games that came not only did i play like american games with those i i, I got some awesome import games for for the uh, ps vita and such and and um i was just really disappointed in how they treated that system it's a fantastic system and you could use it for remote play as well on top of that so it was doing exactly what the it was doing what the uh ps um not the, the nintendo wii u was doing before nintendo wii u even came out so i it's just it really it really disturbs me when i see this every single time because i feel like I'm, I'm i'm being fooled again i feel like we're being fooled again with this whole thing so i don't know what they're doing so we'll see but i really hope they don't do another handheld because i can't take it i i know for a fact that they're doing to do it I'm going to like it. I'm going to enjoy it, but they're going to not, they're not going to support it. It happens every single time. Look at date back to all those P the PSP era, how far ago, uh, long ago that was. Why do it again? So, and we still don't know what the hell this, um, the steam valve is going to be like, and the valve seems to be promising as well, but there are some cons to that handheld that leaves like the, in, in, in particular, in particularly the, the the um the memory space that's going to play a part because it's going to be able to play playstation 5 xbox series x uh level games in there those games run about 50 gigs 
you know, like literally like uh, roughly from maybe 20 to 50 gigs, maybe even up to 100 gigs of gameplay. Even if you have a terabyte, that's still a lot. And, and, and the bad part is these these consoles, they're having they're coming out with different versions, but each one of them, much like you would a the iPad and all stuff, won't have that much memory. You're going to have to buy you know, SD cards or whatever, or something, another external source in order to acquire a larger library. And, um, but it will connect to your steam access. So, I mean, that, that's the good part. I just, I just really feel like it's going to, it, it's going to be a bit before I'm really convinced, but I think there is some promise to it, but they got to get through a little bit kinks of this. I, I would probably, I might say I'll wait till, because considering the price of those, I will wait until they do another version, see how they evolve. Cause this first version seems to be good, but I think they'll down the line, if this becomes successful, they'll come and make another Valve 2.0 or slim version of Valve with a better processor with, you know, more memory space or whatever, because that by that time, it'll be a lot cheaper to have terabytes and stuff like that. It's actually cheaper to have terabytes right now, but it'll be even more cheaper as we go down the line. So we will see, but folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to step right back into the arena to talk about Cobra Kai Season 4. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Cobra Kai season four on Netflix. Ah, this series does not disappoint one bit. Every season, all four seasons so far has been nothing short of amazing, phenomenal and surreal. And we say this because honestly, this show should not be this damn good. This show you would think and a lot of times because when you, when you do shows based on movies and it you know and it goes into tv form it rarely rarely ever lives up and this is one of the first tv series based on a movie that not only just lived up it may also almost supersede the movie they put more logic to the move to the movies than it ever has and create this narrative and premise that just makes all sense in the world and has this 
this this ever going type of you know storytelling that is like ever flowing the storytelling it, it mimics that of yin and yang and there's always going to be twists and turns in life and it, the the story and narrative really demonstrates that flow if you ever you know studied or looked up like confucianism and Taoism and stuff like that and and even just the the idea of yin and yang then you understand why these twists and turns throughout this series has been going on because it's playing off of those philosophies i love that because it really gives you that feel if you've ever even remotely you know invested in any of those type of um philosophies back you know those philosophies not religions but their philosophies like confucianism and and buddhism and and Taoism and stuff like that you know it really plays into this series and it, which in the hindsight really plays into life i had um I, I had a discussion with one of our acmg facebook members because he said like it's getting repetitive at this point and i'm like you can say that and i can understand how you say that but guess what life is just as repetitive there are people who actually do change the way they are in life and they think differently in life circumstances in life do happen this is a playoff of yin and yang um at one point a good person can turn evil based on a certain decision a, a bad uh a, a person with evil intentions can eventually you know change his ways it it's it's made to reflect on that you know and you see that all throughout the four seasons of this show i really really appreciate that and like nobody's ever truly good and everybody's and nobody's ever truly evil but that's what creates the balance of this and a lot of some people just don't understand that because it's just a part of life that they haven't ventured into but this is how life really truly is there really isn't really a bad truly bad person just sometimes people that do bad things and then there's some people who are just not all that good either so i like the way they went with this like it's like at any time a bad guy can turn into a good guy or have good intentions at some point it's like it's never fair that I'm. that's why i always say especially in this day and age is like where everybody's trying to cancel everybody out it's like no you got to give people the opportunity and chance to change because i, I can give you a great example me <laughs> i was a like i said when i talked about the sydney Poitier to serve with love and talking about like him being a teacher that was you know, like trying to help a bunch of misfits I was one of those misfits. I got into so much trouble. And at some point that people thought that I would never change that I would, I would eventually be down and out probably dead until I just decided to say, look, I can change. And it wasn't easy to do, but it was doable. And the me from a long time ago is not to say me now guarantee that they're doing, everybody's doing the 10 year challenge thing. Even, even to that point, like, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I'm, I'm a little bit more evolved uh, as everybody should be in a sense. I actually talked about on um, on social media and actually said some, I give some Sunday thoughts every once in a while. And I asked the question, if you find yourself still thinking, feeling and acting the way you did in high school, did you really graduate? <laughs> you know, think about that people. I think a lot of people on social media needs to really, really think about that uh, in a sense. but. In the case of Cobra Kai, 
we got a lot of twists and turns here again. So the story this time around is like the rivalry between Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence takes a dramatic turn in, uh, in, after, in, um, at the events of season three when the two are forced to combine their dojos, Miyagi-Do, uh, Karate, and Eagle Fang. That's, that, that name just so 80s. Um, it reminds me too, side note, because I just saw the documentary on HBO Max called um, Class Action Park where the stupidity of the 80s was was a major focus on here everybody who ever attended you know the action park are probably the same people that would come up with the idea for the name eagle thing which makes no sense at all just as much as sense as it is to go on those stupid rides knowing people are going to die enough said i digress <laughs> but you got miyagi do and eagle thing teaming up together to stop Johnny's former sensei, John Kreese, from the uh, from making Cobra Kai the most dominant dojo in all of California. Meanwhile, Kreese is looking to make sure that Cobra Kai remains the most dominant dojo by reuniting with an old army buddy and enemy of Daniel, Terry Silver, played by Thomas Ian Griffith, returning uh, and reprising his role, who we last seen uh, in Karate Kid 3. This is the other thing that I love about this show. And I think this has been one of the most successful shows that is an adaption to a movie because I don't think any other show has ever been able to bring back virtually every single cast member that was relevant and possible to the series. The only person that they really have not brought back this time in the series is, um, Pat Miata because he passed away, but they do bring him back in flashbacks and in, 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 in footage from the film, which by the way, to those who don't know, apparently there was a vault full of unused footage from the uh, Cobra Kai movie, especially when it involves the tournament at the first, uh, I mean, not the Cobra Kai movie, the Karate Kid movie, um, especially when it came to the footage from the tournament. So you're seeing different footage that was never shown before on this in the series. I think that's awesome. But also we got to see so many characters from the past movies come back, make a comeback in this, which made it even more important to the to the movie's lore because it made everything matter even more. They left nothing out and then they're bringing back Terry Silver from Karate Kid 3. This is insane. So Silver has retired from uh Mar from the martial arts scene since that time stating that he was going through a lot of psychological and substance issues during those times and now he is at peace he's uh, he's still a very rich man he's doing everything he has a beautiful girlfriend or he had a beautiful girlfriend uh at the time crease being the manipulating mastermind he is talks silver into rejoining uh with him to help assure the success of Cobra Kai, the Cobra Kai, which by the way, those two uh, founded and Kreese just ended up taking it over after a while. Um, but Cobra Kai is set to face uh, Eagle Fang and, and Miyagi-Do Karate in the upcoming tournament, which will decide the fate of each dojo. However, Kreese may have bitten more often he could chew by reawakening the maniacal and cerebral beast that is Terry Silver. So that's basically the main story of it. But all 
take note there is there are si uh, also side stories that involve the new generation of characters such as Miguel uh, Diaz and Samantha LaRusso as they are constantly facing off against Robbie Keane and uh, Tori Nichols uh, um, of Cobra Kai all of who at some point in time have dated another or had affection for one another so it, it's there there's the 90210 element to this as well and in addition to all this there's a new character that's entering the fight by the name of kenny page who has developed a rivalry with daniel's son anthony larusso the twist about this is that this is the first really um not the first black character but this kind of plays off like this is the uh the jaden smith character in some cases like they did it's karate kid you know if you guys remember like uh will smith who is a part of this whole entire project they did another karate kid starring his son jaden smith with um with jackie chan being the actual you know mr miyagi of the bunch in here but it didn't it, it just fell flat nobody nobody really got down with that one at all so this character kenny payne is awesome who by the way was the uh was the actor who uh let me see is dallas what is his name dallas uh young he i remember him recently from playing on netflix's uh the big show show which was paul white aka the big show from you know pro wrestling uh he had his own show and he played on air dating his daughter on the show so i remember him from that and he's now coming back as kitty payne who is by the way the brother of the uh the brother of the inmate that um robbie keen was you know uh and and uh, the the inmate i forgot the inmate's name but uh apparently he's his brother who said like he's getting bullied by of all people by uh anthony uh larusso who's now playing kind of the johnny character in this whole thing he's cyber bullying this guy constantly and bullying this guy constantly and i don't look i'm all on the side of kenny payne on this I, you know he he's going about it the wrong way the rough way he's teaming up with cobra kai right now but dude you wake up to sleeping beast this is what happens I, anything that happens in regards to him is not his fault he's retaliating from being bullied he's going about it maybe the wrong way but also possibly what else way can you do like i i felt i feel for the kid all the way through it's like I, it's hard for me to say that he's at fault for anything because anthony and all his friends who also were pressuring anthony to do to bully him anthony you can't <laughs> that anthony larusso has been a brat a spoiled brat character since season one not really caring about the miyagi do situation um you know or not being interested in learning from his father and all the stuff he's just been an entitled you know kid that you know is living off his father's wealth but not learning from his father's wealth and why his father got that wealth so his entitlement got his ass whooped many times over <laughs> kenny payne after um robbie wind up training him personally and you know him working alongside you know cobra kai and all the stuff so i love him as the newest addition to this it's awesome we also got eli aka hawk one of my favorite characters in this uh, uh series too um, he's been looking to seek redemption after he decided to leave Cobra Kai and rejoin Miyagi, uh, 
Do Karate, but it's not it's not easy because he has to redeem himself within um, everybody because he he turned on him. He turned on him and he antagonized him the whole entire time. So he's been working his tail off to try to you know show that he is he wants to bring honor back to himself into the uh, dojo as well. So a lot of twisted turns here. Let's go to the casting characters here. Uh, these guys are just awesome. Uh, Ralph Macchio and Williams uh, Zapka. What I loved about them this season is that they were kind of chained because they were working together and trying to learn each other's philosophies. Each one has adopted a little bit of each other to themselves. Um, there's a part where uh, Johnny started thinking defensively like Daniel uh, does. And then Daniel, because of Anthony and his spoiled brat ways, he ended up having to step up a bit. And for the first time ever, you heard him lash out at Anthony and not only just lash out, but also hear him say the iconic phrase that Johnny says, quiet in the exact same way. And it was awesome. So they kind of learned it off each other from here as well. You also got Miguel Diaz here, who is, you know, still having a fling with Samantha, but both of them are experiencing feelings issues, both from with Robbie and um, and uh, Nichols um, and Tori. Be, uh, they, they both, like I said, they all dated each other. So there's some feelings still going on with the two involving the two. But Miguel is also going through some situations, too, because they keep his mother, Amanda and uh, Amanda, um, his mother, who Johnny is now dating. Uh, Carmen keeps mentioning his father and you knew that when she started mentioning him and she's trying to get her mother to quiet and don't talk about it that we knew that this guy's coming that they're just planting the seeds for this guy to come and by the end of the season um he headed off to Mexico I don't know if this is going to be a new character playing or just some affiliate I think this is gonna this has to be a new character coming in but they're keeping secrets as to who this guy is or whatever like that and he fled off to um Mexico he not only did that but he also kind of just he he disqualified himself from the tournament because after a while he started realizing that he wasn't doing it for him he was doing it for Johnny he wasn't doing it for himself um he also there was a scary moment where we thought that he was um he damaged his his um hip again or his back again from that injury that he had with Robbie turns out it was just a pulled muscle thank goodness and it was that point where he was like I'm just going to I'm jet I'm out I'm, I'm looking for my father at this point unbeknownst to him because Carmen didn't tell Miguel that his pop is bad news and now Johnny is going to do whatever he can because Johnny feels at fault He's going to go after him in there. So there's that storyline is leading into season five, which, yes, by the way, there will be a season five. Robbie is like he's kind of the middle guy here because he's not te he's not really a, an advocate for Cobra Kai. He's not an advocate for uh, for Miyagi Do or Eagle Fang, for that matter. He is going for himself, but he's affiliating. He's affiliating himself with cobra kai but even worse he's teaching them the miyagi do ways so they got to work around that because now they know offense and how to strike first and they know defense here so he's playing that factor but um he's also looking after uh the new kid as well and so there's where his he's in a gray he's very much in a gray right now and now he's dating also he's dating tori 
who now we're starting to see her starting to change too because Amanda LaRusso is now kind of in her ear. The one thing I hated about Amanda this season is that I didn't like the I didn't like the idea that she interfered with her match with um with uh Samantha. Right before they went out to go face Samantha and fight her, she kind of put in the air like, don't hurt my daughter, you know, and then checking up on her. That kind of, I hate the idea that, and I understand that it's her mom. She wants to make sure that she doesn't try to kill Samantha in, in, in there. But when you, you don't distract anybody like that going out into the field, that, that was to me was just wrong. So I didn't dig that, but otherwise I understand. So um tori yeah tori is going through a lot of things right now we're seeing you know her hardships and everything and amanda's seeing her hardships so she is trying to see the other side of things despite the fact that she did break into her house and you know vandalize everything in that house um so i i the fact that she's still you know looking to help her through all this is interesting because you know tori has to fend for herself she has to you know her mom's sick and they had to raise her and all this stuff i got a feeling next season by next season she's probably going to leave cobra kai as well especially the fact that we saw at the end what terry did compromising the entire tournament so i think she's going to have a change of fact and i got a feeling she's going to not only change dojos she's probably going to be living with the Russos next season. I got a feeling that's gonna happen, at least for a short while, because things keep twisting and turning. Uh, I talked about Hawk. The one thing that really got him is that he wind up losing his groove, and his by groove, I mean he lost his hair, that iconic Hawk that he had. Um, so I don't know if he's gonna grow that back, but he kind of lost sight of it until um, his former girlfriend, now I guess girlfriend again, Moon, started uh, giving him more support again and encouraging him. She broke up with her girlfriend at the time and um, gave him a little bit of encouragement. So it helped him because let me tell you, Hawk versus Robbie Keane, the fight at the end, the finals was phenomenal. That was an awesome fight. That was probably the best fight in all of the seasons. I love the way they choreographed this. I love the story that was being told here. It was so freaking awesome. And, um, Man, I, I just I absolutely loved it. Uh, Dimitri can't stop without talking about him as well. Dimitri also really his character developed majorly here. He now knows how to use Tonfas and a whole bunch of other top of weapons. He's not the same guy he was in season one. He's still kind of the same guy, but he's a little bit more. He's a lot more confident. He can uh, defend himself a lot more. And he has what he, he's now dating the hottest girl in school as well, who is like so into him. Like, I mean, so, so into him. This dude has become a man <laughs> through season, through this entire season as well. So uh, making a comeback is um, Nicole Brown playing Aisha Robinson, who was like mostly in the first season and somewhat in the second season. But her story here is that she moved away and decided to get it. Her parents decided that they moved her away from all the chaos that was um, that town that they were in. Uh, I forgot the name of the town that they were in in California but they decided to get her out of the way but she uh samantha came to visit her to see if she can join with them she was not going to be joining with them but she found somebody that may you know somebody a best friend of hers that wind up um they were looking for to join uh the uh the dojo come to find out 
no was it them yeah no it was her and then also there was another girl that uh moon was the moon's ex-girlfriend who um who miguel and, and, and johnny was looking for was supposed to be teaming up with them and wind up teaming up with um cobra kai and she wound up getting beat at the end too so there was a lot going on with this but what i love about this series it, and, and then like i talked about with um with uh dallas young's character uh which i think is going to be a major focus in the next season it, it's gonna uh his character kenny payne oh he is a badass kid like when he got to that point where he was able to do martial arts and everything and he lit anthony up in that locker room i mean lit him i look and i get anthony was trying to you know redeem himself from it but anthony needs to understand like you what you did to that kid you kind of deserve it you need to take it and i don't the problem is i don't think he's going to take it as i deserve this i think he's going to try to get trained by his father to defend himself and these two are going to go at it anthony is not a person of great decision making and he needs to take that ass whooping and then be like look i deserve this but i want to move on from this i don't think that's going to happen with him because he's just not that kid yet he hasn't matured into yet but i, I love that storyline this is another generation of kids that are now starting this rivalry this thing is so ongoing it's crazy um but yeah man overall i did every episode like i said i binged this show from start to finish and i loved every freaking minute of it i could not turn away me and my wife were just watching non-stop a lot of great moments a lot of action-packed moments a lot of funny moments going on i mean you just it's just awesome and i would say this is long enough to say because i think if you watch the show you've seen it now so rather spoiler alert right now i'm just saying it but i'm about to talk about this deeply the end and i knew this was going to happen because this is a ongoing infinite loop we saw johnny take over cobra kai wanted to redeem itself john crease comes in teams up with him winds up taking it over by manipulating everybody into it and to, to work with him more than him because johnny changed his ways a why and his philosophies john crease brings in uh terry silver terry silver didn't want to come back but he came back and he came back with a vengeance and now the two got a little bit of a little bit of a dissension going on but it led to it led to terry silver doing something really savage and one of the things that he did was basically beat the living crap out of the student uh let me see if i could get him let me see if I can get him real quick because um he this this guy is, is an actor in a lot of major films. Let me see if they added him on. Yeah, this was the big big show. Big uh trying to look for the listings here. Oh, they're not gonna give it to me. But all right. But he's a character, he's the he's the character that um plays. I'm gonna I'm gonna still find it, but I'm gonna explain it. He's the character that played um the oldest member of the of cobra kai and he's like the adult character that's still hanging around with a bunch of kids and he came back for this episode why did he not make here it is and uh, i was about to say why did he not make it easy to find these things but he came back um for this ep he came back for a couple of episodes for a reason 
and wind up Paul Walter Hauser as Raymond. Raymond basically came back. You know, he moved away after the situation. He he had a lot of restraining orders with him. He's living with his sister, who apparently is like wealthy and such like that. He's been an annoying case for his for his neighbors since, and he decides that he wants to reunite with Cobra Kai because his I guess his uh, probation is over. So he invites all of the kids from the prom to come by and party with him like underage drinking and all this stuff. This guy is uh, is crazy. Paul Walter Hauser is awesome. He's played in so many like he gives me like Kevin Smith vibes, but he's played in a lot of awesome movies. He's been in Black um, Black Klansman as one of the KKK members. He was also in Richard Joel. He was also in Corella, I, Tanya, a lot of great films, but he's also in Cobra Kai to his Raymond and is a goofball who just never grew up. Remember, I, I just talked about the idea of if you still find yourself thinking, feeling, and acting the way you did in high school, did you really graduate? He is the absolute, absolute answer to that question right there. He did not graduate from, uh, from high school because he still finds himself hanging around with high school kids. So turns out he was kind of, you know, discarded from you know Cobra Kai they didn't want him there but he wanted to redeem himself again and prove his worth his worthiness and um his code of honor to the dojo he talked to Terry Silver who's at this point is just going crazy he's his mind is just he did he did not take his meds at all he's there so his cerebral self decided to beat the living crap out of Raymond. And after the beatdown, apparently he said, you know, when the cops come, say that John Kreese did this to you. Thereby, he gets beat up. He gets to, he wants if he wants to join Cobra Kai, he has to, you know, say that John Kreese was the one that beat him up. They arrest John Kreese. John Kreese knows this because he kind of hinted on it right before the cops came and took him away. And now Cobra Kai is being run by uh, Terry Silver, which means by the fifth season, John Kreese will be now teaming up with, <laughs> with Johnny and Daniel to help out. I don't, this is just crazy. And I think that Terry Silver is gonna go insane in season five with these kids. And again, I mentioned that Tori actually maybe changing her, uh, changing sides too. And a lot of that is because when she beat Samantha at the finals, she came, she came back into the, um, arena to find Terry silver in a room with the referee as he's paying him off. So there were some questionable decisions made by that same ref, uh, throughout the tournament and lo and behold, comes to find out that he, you know there, it was this, that suspicion was was true because he ended he winded up paying him off to get to get Cobra Kai to get ahead so now Tori's going to question whether she really deserved that trophy and that win which in hindsight I I still think that she still deserved it it's just unfortunate that it came to that situation so that's going to be questionable. I think that's what's going to turn size. You know what I love about this is that they're doing the same storytelling that hap that should be happening in professional wrestling. There's always a lot of twists and turns. The good guys sometimes turn bad. The bad guys sometimes turn good, but it's done so incredibly well. I am looking forward to seeing 
this whole entire season flesh out. I don't know how many more seasons they're going to do. I don't know how long this could last, but we only got three, technically three Karate Kid films that are all connecting to each other. Um, technically four, if you call the one with uh, Hillary Swank in there. So we could see Hillary Swank make an appearance here because there's that situation, but it was never really connected to the Cobra Kai aspect of it, I believe. Um, it was totally different and Mr. Miyagi actually did um, have another student that, she, that he had you know, prior to uh, Daniel. So, and I want to give another hint too. Like, Carrie Underwood making an appearance in this was major. That was absolutely major that she made it. She did a musical appearance to this whole thing. I really dug that. She just came out of nowhere. It was a, that's a big, big, big appearance for them. So it really stepped up and made this whole entire season even more special and valuable to have her on air you know, and sing, actually singing and doing a number in here. It was just dope. So overall, another phenomenal season, another season of how to just, how, why is this uh, series so damn good? <laughs> a series that even over supersedes the quality of the original movies. It's just awesome. If you have not watched this by now, go out of your way to check out this series it's from season one. I, when this is all over, I'm not joking. When this is all over, when this is all said and done, because you know this is this series has to end sometime. But when it's this this series, by the way, I believe did the exact same thing that the Fast and the Furious saga did. They did the exact same thing. It's one of those things where you didn't think that it was going to last this long, and it ended up outlasting itself even longer than it has, and it just gets better and better every time. This is exactly the same thing that's happening here. But when this is all said and done, I am going to binge like the very first movie and watch everything all the way through that is connecting to this whole thing because it's just so great just absolutely great if you have not watched this yet go out of your way start from season one I, I, actually i dare i say start from the first three karate kid films and move on from there and just start with the series and it just how it all flows and connects together and they fill in all the gaps and plot holes of certain things that happen in a movie just fantastic just absolutely fa i just like the fact too that like they said that like uh terry silver just talks about the fact that what he went through during the times of karate k3 was him just coked up and 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 you know just insane and going through a lot of uh ptsd issues and all that stuff which made a lot of sense because he was a little bit he was a little bit cheesy in 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 karate k3 so loud they kind of put some made some sense to everything that he was going through back then by saying that he was totally on, on uh, crack and coke and all that stuff during that time and he's recovered so i like that i really enjoyed it it was a little funny little thing to add on and fill that gap right there but just go out of your way to see this series if you're a martial arts fan if you're a karate kid fan and you really have been questioning this you there's no question by now this everybody has talked about this for three seasons and four did not disappoint as well so guess what grade i'm going to give this ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Or do you need a crystal ball to predict the obvious? This this series, once again, gets an A plus from me. Go out of your way, check it out. It's awesome. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you guys so very much for coming along and all the new listeners that are uh, listening to the show right now. Thank you so very much as always. This week, we got another special episode. I'm not going to do a episode of Select Start because in its place will be a Talk Time Live exclusive as I head to Japan virtually. Uh, 
to talk to my good man, Matt Papa, former Philadelphia, now resides in Japan, works for the uh, independent company known as NT Creates, who also uh, is affiliated with the legendary uh, Keiji Inafune. Matt has been working with that company for a very long time, uh, traveling to uh, gaming events and promoting all their stuff, but also as part of the writing staff. And he does a lot over there. He, he has a lot of um, a lot of hats that he wears over there. And the latest hat that he's wearing is that he's actually voicing his first voice role in the video game known as Gun Vault Chronicles Luminous Avenger X2. So. We, he was here last time to talk about uh, the first one. And this time he's coming back to talk about um, this project as well, his involvement in there and being the narrator for it because for the first time ever, this game will be in English as well as Japanese. So I am looking very much forward to that. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of catching up to do as well uh, on that show. So stay tuned for that. That will be premiering probably on my birthday on the 14th, which is this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm looking very much forward to that because I got to do it his time. We're going to be probably recording at night, my nighttime, probably to his day, 14 hour difference. And, um, I'm like very excited to talk to him again and catch up. Cause you know, we haven't talked pre pandemic. And if you guys have been following what's been going on in Japan, we got a lot to talk about there. So stay tuned for that. Um, next Sunday, the prime show peacemaker premieres this week. Um, January 13th, it is streaming. Uh, I am looking very much forward to that. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. I don't know how many episodes is going to premiere in the uh, in uh, during the first day, but I have been waiting to talk about this and, and, and watch this for quite some time. Uh, it is going to be fantastic. John Cena at his best. Like I have not been more of a fan of John Cena than I have since this whole thing begun i am excited he is uh he's he's living up to his quality that he did in, in wwe i'm so glad that he's doing hollywood right now he's perfect for this so uh man that's what we're gonna be talking about we're gonna get down and we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that show because james gunn is a part of this project he's been a part of it um the whole thing since i'm going and and by the way for those who don't know the suicide squad is on HBO Max. So if you haven't seen it back then, you can watch it now, but everybody should have watched it because you got to see it for free. It's officially on HBO Max right now. Go out of the way, check it out. I might watch that before, watch that again before I watched um, Peacemaker when it comes out. But I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Go ahead and check it out. So that's the lineup for the next week coming. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. And um, I will do another select start the following week because I got a new fight. Well, not a new fighting game, but it's a fighting game uh, that just appeared recently on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So I love talking about fighting games. I'm looking forward to it. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. So folks, as always, check us out on TalkTimeLive.com. You can check out this episode and all of our episodes on that website. Uh, there you can also check out video interviews on there exclusive video interview versions the matt papa uh interview will be in video form and audio form as well so you can stay tuned for that as well as all the other ones you can also check out the media page which has the repop metaverse uh all panels that i did from last year and we'll see i don't know what i'm what's going on with repop this year is 2022 
but most likely I hopefully I could be a part of it as well. I was very grateful to be a part of everything that they had going on and getting a chance to talk with the cast of some of my favorite anime shows of all time, Bleach, Sailor Moon, uh, that time I got reincarnated as a, uh, as a slime, the core cast of My Hero Academia and the core cast of the OG Pokemon series. Thank you, Repop, as always, for that. I'm so grateful for that. It's just been an awesome experience in 2021. I hope that 2022 will be the same. We're starting off really great, and we'll start off next week with our first exclusive to date. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. But that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, oh, by the way, before I go on behalf of myself, if you want to also subscribe and download, I'm going ahead of myself. You can also do so in all anywhere that you will find podcasts, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Tumblr. And I just got word from Tumblr. They officially are checking and working on the bug going on on the website on um, on their website right now. So let's hope that they get it done. Have it done by my birthday. I'll be very happy. I'll consider that a gift. So we'll have it on there i'm also on fountain as well if you guys follow fountain you could go in there donate some bitcoin if you want to do that as well for this show be great very grateful for that as well and um much much more so folks that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax avery josiah saying learn to let go live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here have a great and safe week everybody take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.